Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Outside the Box. And if you're watching this on video, you can see I'm with a familiar face. If you're listening on the podcast, I'm about to tell you a very familiar name. Um, I'm with Jamie Winship today. And, uh, and Jamie, how's it going, man? It's going well. Yeah, really, really well. Interesting, interesting days. Well, I, it's good to, good to be here with you. Well, for one, I, I as always, I, I really appreciate when you take a, the time out of your day to talk with me. And, um, and I'm just so glad and uh, grateful that we get to record these conversations so that, you know, more people can be a part of them. And um, and today's we're kind of going to go a, a little all over the place today. Um, but I want to start with, you know, the idea of rejection and will you first just tell me, like, what is your definition of rejection? Is is that like a uh, is it like an actual thing? Is it just a feeling? Uh, when I say oh. rejection, what do you like? What do you think? Uh, that um, rejection means to me, it means that you have no value, that you that you have no value or worth, and therefore we we whoever reject your who you are i mean it's a very painful rejection is very painful deep um sense in a human being but that would be that that would be my takeaway is just to, if i if i say they rejected me that would be i would come away with the sense of i didn't have anything of value to offer to whatever it is i was attempting to engage in so, so it seems like there's no real in between like, cause you know, sometimes I feel like getting rejected can be, you know, a, kind of a small thing yet hurt a little bit, you know, but it's not, it wasn't a huge deal to me, you know, but still probably subconsciously, I'm still thinking I have zero worth in this scenario. Right. And, and, you know, and you're right. It's like, it's like lots of stuff that we talk about. It's how much, how much weight, how much value or sense of identity do you take from the rejection? If you don't, if you don't view the rejection as, oh, that means that I have no value, then it, then it doesn't have a lot of impact and it shouldn't. But for, for most people, when they're using that word rejection, uh, they rejected me. It's a, it's a deeper sense of like, I didn't bring any value to whatever this is I'm doing. But, but the healthier we are, and, and if we don't get our identity from other people or situations, then we can handle um, the fact that something didn't work out, which is different than rejection. <laughs> like it didn't go. It didn't work. They, you know, we offered. It wasn't accepted. Okay, we're going to move on. Then, yeah, it, it should have. It should just be a learning experience and positive versus rejection. Yeah, it, it, one thing that's kind of interesting, and, and one reason it, it kind of prompted this topic I, I wanted to to talk about with you is, um, a lot of times I, I feel like um, when you look at you know quote unquote successful people, um, I feel like a lot of it had to do with their ability to deal with rejection. Yes, and you know yeah. some of that might have been. Um, you know, they have a deeper belief in themselves or a deeper belief right. in what they're doing. So right. the rejection doesn't hurt as bad. Is that kind of what you've seen yeah, dealing with? That's right. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, one of the things we're working on right now is um, we're developing like a strategy um, to work, you know, in the to try and stop human trafficking. And so one of the guys that's working with us, he said that when you run into barriers, and he was just talking about in like trying to end a, a criminal enterprise, when you run into barriers, the key to resolving it is 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 to back up a little bit move into this is his words it was interesting contemplation which results in innovation and then go back at the barrier go back at the obstacle and so so when you think about if you're talking about something like we're, we're going to try this and our effort was rejected so a healthy whole person would back up and say okay let's let's think about let's consider how does that make us feel? What what happened? And then, okay, and that didn't work. So what's a new way we can go attempt the thing again? And this is what, you know, successful people do is they realize, as this fellow said, he said, we could, in, we could create 500 prototypes knowing beforehand 400 are going to fail. We know that. So we don't get value or identity from that didn't work, right? So that just, so we just realized, okay, that didn't work. Okay, so we're gonna set that aside. We're gonna figure out why that didn't work. And then we're gonna try something new or different, innovate. And, and that keeps us joyful. It keeps us moving forward so that we don't get, oh, that didn't work. We're no good, we're failures. Let's stop, this can never be done. Yeah. Very different response. Yeah, I, I love that. It reminds me of, uh, I've heard you talk a lot about how you 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 go from the uh, what's the way you've put it? It's where you you go into the uh, kind of the the dreaming brain brain and yeah, then, intuitive and, intuitive yeah intuitive and then back into the practical right. So, so yeah. and you got to yes. have like a, a dance between the two right. And so, are you saying that you know, say something something an idea is rejected or you're rejected? is that a sign that you need to change something or could it be like, it's not for them? Both. Exactly. That's a great, that's a great way to think about it. That's and see, that's part of the contemplative part or the intuitive part is to back up and go, what happened there? What happened there? And it could be like, this isn't the right place to even be. These are the wrong people to work with. This is the wrong situation. I don't belong in this situation. It could be that, or it could be, um, we need to come at this same thing in a different way. Yeah, Here, I'll give you an example. So I went a long time ago when I wanted to, you know, write a book and publish a book. I, I went to a big, expensive writers conference, and you get and if you pay enough money, you can talk to three publishers. And and when and this is years ago, and when I would walk into the room, there was an assist. There was a publisher sitting there, and the, the assistant, and the assistant had a stopwatch, and you had two minutes go pitch your pitch your book idea in two minutes well i'd never done this before so i went in there then i sat down i didn't know they timed you i didn't know you had to be able to say anything in two minutes and they're like what's your book about and i said well it's the story of and they're like no <laughs> and and so it was over like that was like thank you for coming you're out so when i left there's no one there to debrief with or anything it's like wow and so I was 
you have to you 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 are forced to like kind of go inward and like what was that like what was that and then later i found someone to talk to and they said look if you can't say what your book's about in two minutes you don't know what it's about so then i was like oh now i could go out and say i'm a failure this is not going to work and pull identity out of that rejection but they didn't reject me right they didn't reject me that what they were what they were saying was don't come in here unless you actually know what your book is about so then by the next meeting i could say what my book was about in two minutes so next meeting and i'm all of them i'm you know afraid and fearful and nervous ready go in the guy is what's your book about and i could say it in two minutes and then that publisher goes yeah we don't want that idea boom out the door okay so now it's a different thing right but it got better <laughs> <laughs> like we improved. And then so by the third guy, I realized, oh, my gosh, don't just pitch this idea anywhere. Like pitch it to the right person, the right publisher, the right. And so each one was a rejection. But I but I didn't. It was each one was like, OK, whoa, what did we just learn there? Now, if deep within me is this identity, you know, I'm a writer, I'm going to be that you'll do that 5,000 times until you get it. If that's not the truth of who you are, you're not going to, you won't stay with it. Right. You'll, you'll give up. And I want to go deeper into that, but just, you know, for the people on YouTube, I got to say he did, he did in (laughs) fact uh, publish his book. And uh, if you, if you guys have not read living fearless, you, you have to read it. Um, I, you know, the start of the book uh, you say try to read in one sitting um, the way that you would listen to a 10-hour lecture. Um, I haven't been able to do that, uh, but I'm, I'm, my goal is like one Saturday. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna bust out <laughs> with, with my with yeah, my notebook. It's probably too much pressure. It's probably too much pressure. Yeah, but, yeah. but it, I really liked what you said. Like, there's there's different types of rejections, mm-hmm. and you mentioned you know as long as you're not pulling identity out of that rejection, right? it allows you to take a step back and consider what's happening and then, you know, reapproach. Right. So you said, I, you know, if deep in your identity is I'm a writer um, or, you know, replace that with, with anything, mm-hmm. um, you're going to keep going up to bat. Tell That's us, right. is that the only sign or is that one of the best signs that we're that we're on the right path if you know we're getting rejected and yet I can't seem to get that out of my head. I know that I want to be a writer. I know that this book needs to be out in the world. Yes. Uh, we speak to that a little bit. Yeah, I yeah, I think that's really a great question too, because um when when I'm talking to younger people and they say, you know, I want to be whatever, whatever they want to be. I, my question to them is, do you lay awake at night thinking about that? <laughs> like, does that keep you up at night? <laughs> because if it doesn't, that's okay. It's just, but it's, you know, so that's not a necessarily a deep identity driven goal. Um, so like, uh, so it's just there. I feel like if, yeah, if that if it's coming from the truth of who I am, that it, however I'm going to express whatever vocation I'm going to express the truth of who I am, yeah, it's it's like I'm going to die if I don't have the opportunity to engage in you know offering my identity to the world in in this 
form or fashion. Yeah, I think that's really important. And I think that's what I think Paul Newman said it, you know, he said, if, uh, show me a good loser, and I'll show you a loser. Right? <laughs> you know, that idea. Well, some of that's true. But like, if, if it what's interesting about that book that you just held up published by Baker Publishing, Baker Publishing is one of the publishers I talked to that day, it was 30 years ago. No way. And, and Baker was the third one that I got with and where I did it in two minutes. And I thought they were the right people. And the and the um, publisher at the time, he said to me, let me see your first three chapters. So you have to be ready. So I gave him the first three chapters. They read the chapters and he wrote me a handwritten note back in the day, long 30 years ago, which was took time. And he did it and he sent it to me and he said, he said, you are a good writer. You just don't know what you really want to say. So he said, when you know what you really want to say, come back. So 30 years later, <laughs> I went back. Why 30 years later? Because that's how deep that was in me. Like 30 years ain't going to take it away. It just, I, I, and I wrote a lot in, in those years in between, but it was very beautiful. The truth about life is that the invitation of life into the you being all who you're supposed to be never goes away. It never goes away. And so that's why you keep going because you know the invitation is still there if it's coming from the depth of who you are. So yeah, I love asking people. People in good, good um, trainers I've had in my life have said to me, um, do you that they've asked me that question in similar ways are you does that identity leave you according to circumstance and if it, it needs to always be there even when we, when we were taking our first assignment you know set being sent into a cross-cultural situation the the, the um you know my supervisor and that said hey we're you know this is the challenge this is the situation when i give you this challenge do you wake up at night consumed with trying to figure out how to do this challenge? And I said, yeah. And he said, okay, then you're the one we want. <laughs> That's really but if I said, no, I'm going there because the salary's great. They're like, <laughs> you know, or it has good benefits. Yeah. They would be like, it's a good question. And most people, I don't know if they're thinking about that. Do you think, I think a lot of us are, um, we guard ourselves from that. Um, I'm trying to think of a better word, but I can't right now. It's, it's obsession, obsession, mm -hmm. you know, like, because when, when you lay up awake at night and you can't go to sleep and you, you care about something so much, there's a lot of risk to that. Um, like say, like for instance, if it takes you 30 years to be a writer, you know, uh, like how, how do we not be afraid of that, uh, all consuming type of, uh, obsession over something? Yeah. Like what's your thoughts on that? Well, now we come back to the other thing you, we were talking about before balance, yeah. right? Balance. So that, uh, passion, let's use the word passion, that driving passion, like we can say we're obsessed with it or it's the primary thing we think about. So then, then the way you balance it out is like, I'll do anything it takes to do that. You know, I'll, I'll sacrifice myself. I'll sacrifice my family. That's wrong. That's out of balance. It's like, what are the things I can do in the present tense that can move that passion forward? 
move that goal forward. So if I want to, you know, write a major work one day, what are you doing today? How is that passion obsession being worked out in the present tense? And when it's in balance, you can say, well, I, uh, I'm writing 1000 words a day in, in the time I allot for this. And then I spend time with my family and you see the balance, but that passion is always included in the mix of the day. You're, and they can we can say here's here's the steps I'm taking to move that to pursue that passion forward. I love that you mentioned the the, the thousand words a day, and I, I mm-hmm. my mindset's very much along those lines, like having like a small regular target, uh, right? Versus like because uh, then you can like you could obsess over something and not do anything. Right. That's, it's, it's counterproductive, right? Right. Cause yeah. all you can think about is, you know, what you're wanting. And, um, but when you can break that, what you're wanting into, you know, little bites, right. You know, it's probably, um, it's using that passion or obsession in a way that, um, that is useful and less vulnerable to, the consequences of rejection mentally. Yes, that's right. Exactly right. Yeah. So if my son says, you know, he came to me when he was in sixth grade and says, I want to be a famous skateboarder. And I said, do you have a skateboard? And he said, no. (laughs) I said, well, we know how to start this process. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's not like you just dream at night of getting the gold medal. You know, you start, you begin. And, and the people that are serious, They'll do it. They'll do. They'll they'll start and they'll do this and this and and they're not freaked out about it. And but it is a driving deep passion to them. Um, and and you know to and for in anything like if you're talking to Gandhi about peace, I mean it consumes him to see a peace movement. So it's not just about I you know I started a company or wrote a book or you know became an actor, but anyone that's in any vocation where they've brought their identity into the vocation as the driver, it has deep passion and they will pursue it unto death. (laughs) Like that's the level of their commitment to it, but they're not out of balance. They're very balanced people. It it really, it really seems like, you know, rejection can be a, a signal that, you're in your identity that you're on the right path just based on your innate response to it. Yes. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well said. Yeah. And I would say even stronger that, that, um, in that, in, in the truth of who I am moving towards whatever it is that I, that, you know, that I believe I've been invited into, there's no such thing as rejection. Like there's failure. There's, we didn't get that. That didn't work. But to use that word rejection, probably not the right word, probably (laughs) rejection to me is more like, um, you know, my body rejected the new kidney. There's not like we're coming at it again with the same kidney. That's over. It's done. That's rejected. It's over. That's that's not happening. That's not the word we want to use in these human interactions. Like it's a bad word to use, I think, because we pull identity. I am rejected. I am rejected. Or do you feel rejected? And if someone says, yeah, I do feel rejected, then that we want to work on that feel. We want to work on that. Like that's not a word. That's not a word we accept that word. So 
you know, you said human interaction and it makes me think about relationships and, um, you know, ask a girl or a guy out, they say no, um, somebody leaves you, um, you know, a, a close friend, um, turns on you in some way. Um, how do we, what type of rejection is that? And I would imagine that that's not the same type of rejection in terms of like it being a signal you're <laughs> onto something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Again, again, it's that thing where how much, what, like what are, what weight do you, what's your takeaway from that, whatever just happened. So if I'm, if, you know, if a person says, I don't want to be, with, I mean, and this is real life stuff and we have to deal with these kinds of things, you know, it could be a life partner that all of a sudden says, Hey, I don't want to be here anymore. Um, uh, what's fascinating about those kinds of conversations or you're, you know, asking a girl out or, you know, whoever, whoever, whatever your, whoever your partner is. And that person says no, or, or even if they're strong, like, I don't like you if if your whole world is cons is you consumed with thinking about yourself then you become the reference point to everything that happens which is really unfair and not smart because it's another human being that's do saying what they're saying and so if i was really other focused like i should be my interest would be in the welfare of the other person more than myself and so if this person says hey, I don't like you, I don't want to be with you. It, my concern would be, I wonder, not in me, not like what's wrong with me. It's like, wow, okay, I'm going to respect their decision. And I wonder, like if it's someone, I, I mean, because I, I was doing this yesterday with a friend, it's like, if, if your life partner says, I don't want to be with you anymore, um, something's happening in them. Like an out of concern <laughs> and real love, we should be like asking the other person, like, are you okay? What can I do for you? How can I help you? Not like, wow, I'm rejected. Oh, it's all about me and that's, it's on me and now I'm rejected and it hurts me. And I think that takes away a lot of the pain is being other focused. So even if, even if I'm, if I ask this girl out and this girl says no, it's like, am I interested in the value and the future of that other person? And they're, yeah, then okay, then let them go. It's okay. Like they, I'm not the right person for them, however they perceive that, but I'm not going to pull out identity. Something's wrong with me out of it. It is so egotistical to, to make yourself the reference point of everything that happens because you actually don't really know why the other person is saying that. I, I, I told one of my coworkers the other day was, was talking about, an employee that we have saying this employee thinks this. And I said, don't say what another person thinks you don't know. <laughs> you do not know what they think. Don't guess what's in another person's head. It's a dangerous game because you could be completely wrong. And then you start attaching other emotions and feelings to it. And you actually don't know unless you sit with them and say, Tell me what you want me to know about this situation. You don't know. So again, that's like, I think they, I think this, I, it's too, it's too dangerous to think that way. It's easier to say, wow, out of, okay, that person doesn't want me with them. Okay. How, what's going on in that person? What's going on in them? And can I be a help to that? Can I be like, 
it, it just saves from pulling this identity up. I'm valueless. I'm unimportant. I'm hurtful. All those false identities out of that. It, it's interesting how easy it is to, uh, you mentioned, you know, self-reference points and having yourself be the reference point. It's so easy to get into self-protective mode in any of these scenarios. That's right. Um, and, you know, because, you know, if you get rejected by, uh, you know, someone that you like or want to have a relationship with, you know, you're going to take it as there's something wrong with me because That's right. mm-hmm. you clearly, you know, want to be with them, you know? And uh, if we can somehow get rid of this looking inward and looking outward, which is what we've talked a lot about with, mm-hmm. with identity, right? then um, it's hard to get rejected. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You probably never really can. <laughs> um, we know things don't work out. I mean, that's the truth about life. Things don't work out. We know that. We, and not every relationship's going to work. We know this. What's funny is how devastated we are when that reality happens. Mm. Even though we know it's a reality and it can happen and it does happen. And, you know, it can be painful and all that. But it's, it's, it's like we've also talked about earlier. It's like, it's like going into a boxing ring you know, because you've been training in boxing, but never with a real opponent. And you go in there and the real opponent hits you right square in the face and you stop and you go, wait, and you come back to your trainer like, wow, that guy hit me. He's like, this is boxing. Like, so in real life, in real relationship and relational, man, there's, there's, there's people that don't want to be with you. And there's people that love to be with you. And like, so why are we so confounded by it when it happens as it truly does happen? What we have to, I think what, what, what protects us in all of this going on is that what ultimately prevails is the good. Like that's what saves us. That's what rescues us is what ultimately prevails is love, is the good. And so I ask people all the time, I do, do, you, think, do you think the universe is for you or against you? If it's against you, boy, you're going to have a hard time because you're going to perceive everything as there it is against me. There it is against me. And so you've already got the rejection mentality in play already. Yes. And this is what happens when people are struggling with rejection. They, they've gained that rejection identity already early in their life. And they're just reaffirming it. It's being reaffirmed to them as they go along. But if you grew up in a world that's like, yeah, not everyone's going to like you, but man, lots of people will. So it's okay. You come into it. You're not shocked when someone says, you know, I don't really want to hang around with you. Like, okay. But the people that really I do want to hang around with are there and we will find each other. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I, I, I love that. And it's just, it's, a, it's amazing to me how... Um, because if I can go back in time, you know, uh, and, and, and you can, like we all can, we can all, you know, go back to those yeah. moments where, mm-hmm. you know, someone rejected us in some way and, you know, in a relational setting and I can, I can, I can put myself in, in shoes of others who I'm very close to and those feelings that they were feeling when, when they got rejected. And, you know, it really does feel 
like a like a life threat, like a um, I don't know, like things are going really wrong. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and you can quickly mm-hmm. go into this. Um, you can quickly get out of the mentality of the universe is working for you and go quickly into everything's working against me. That's right. So easy because it's so easy to believe that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like you're saying, like this person rejects me and that's, we feel like it's a life sentence, right? Like this is the way it's always going to be. As soon as you believe that lie, you are, you're in big trouble. That's Mm -hmm. serious trouble. And so we need practices and friends and community that help prevent us from getting into that rut of believing that kind of thing because it's not true you know if you and i have talked about the whole cosmos is about life and Mm. being alive and all death leads to rebirth dying stars lead to new galaxies like it's the whole thing is built whatever you believe about god or anything just looking watching this amazing thing function in the universe it's all about life death birth reborn and it continues right so the idea that this thing is sentenced just to be a nasty end is like you there's no real proof of that the only proof we have is like this is really about life and, and about some things dying so new things can grow and so if you have that larger mentality it's like this relationship i mean i said this to one of my friends the other day who was going through a really difficult relational time i said i'm I'm just going to tell you something not because i'm super faithful or spiritual just because i've been alive for 62 years and i know i've seen this rhythm one year from now we're going to be talking about how you're okay as bad as this is and it's not good it's bad and we all know it's bad and it's painful and it's terrible but I know the, how life rhythms go. And it is a season that will end unless you determine that you're going to remain in it. And, and I, I'm actually really glad you ended that way because part of me feels like, and I, I can relate at times, that you kind of want to sit in the rejection a little bit. You want to, sure. you, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the bar tonight because, you know, I'm feeling down and, and that sounds like a good plan, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and I feel like, you know, if, 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 if like you knew, just like you mentioned with your, with your friend, is that the way to, to, to talk to, to loved ones that have been rejected um, who, because I, I think in the past, the way I've done it is, you know, I've kind of wallowed with them and said, man, you know, this sucks, y- y- you know, yeah. and because yeah. um, a lot of times people don't hear this is the life rhythm. You know, I know that in a year right. uh, we're going to be talking about something different. It's hard to mm-hmm. hear that. I know that in sure. my own life, That's I've, right. I've been through moments where I wouldn't have heard that. Right. Yeah. So you want to, yeah, you don't want to, when a person's in pain, you want to just sit with them in their pain. Like, absolutely great that you're exactly right about that. You don't go in and lecture them and tell them, it's all, good, <laughs> right. it's all you know, gonna, no, you don't want to do that. No, you sit with them in your pain. And as you're embracing them in their pain, because we're human, like we, all of us know what it feels like to be rejected. We all know, we know that humans weren't made to be rejecting one another or to be rejected by, we're made to be in community, to belong. Like 
to attach. We're all made for that. When it doesn't happen, it produces pain and it should because we should never settle for isolation and introspection and all that stuff. So it hurts us. So in, when we're hurt, it's like, you know, when you skin your knee, it's like you don't want to sit there with the kid that skinned his knee and saying, you know, um, you shouldn't, this shouldn't hurt. You should be brave and all that stuff we say. It's like it hurts. Let's sit. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt really badly for a while. I'm just saying as a friend, but we're not going to stay in this. We can, we'll sit in this, we will, we'll cry about it. We'll be, you know, when my twin sister's 18 year old was killed by a drunk driver, it was, it was a mm. lot of sitting and a lot of pain, mm. you know, two weeks before graduation and, you know, no, no parent wants that phone call. No. And, um, yeah. And so, so when, when, you know, when the, we go and sit with her, we just, cry with her that's all we do we're not trying to figure out what's the good in this and all that stuff it's just sit and cry and sit and cry and sit and cry and feel the pain feel the pain but as it lessens because of community you know and belonging and like as it starts to lessen then it's like we're, we're going to speak against bitterness and we're going to speak against the lie of this is because you did something wrong in your life and this is karma or punishment or you should have been a better parent. All the stuff that we know as humans, they're going to start to think about. Why did I ever argue with my kid? Why wasn't I nicer? All these lies that start to come in that just drive you further down into the into what's not it's painful and sad, but down into despair mm. which is deadly sadness is very beautiful emotion a very human let's grieve let's lament let's cry together and then let's try and you know get well and move forward but if we get stuck down and like this is the way it's always going to be and it's never going to be any good you're not a good friend if you let a, if you if you don't help your friend pull them out of that quagmire right so again it's balance right it's balance it is total totally balance and would you say that rejection and loss are like the same feeling? Yeah, I think so. Maybe in obviously different scenarios. Um, do we mm -hmm. do we respond to them the same way? I I think that's a good question. I think that's a great question. If I would have asked, you know, even as a police officer, and you're you know when we had to go make death notifications, oh my gosh, it's so hard when you're telling a parent or a loved one or something. You know, I'm sorry to tell you this, but it, it, you know, and the, 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 it's the sense of loss and separation and all the things humans are terrified of and they should be, but it is, it is a kind of, yeah, it's a loss. But if you, I, I think if you probably kept asking, do you feel abandoned or rejected? I think deep down there is by who or what they may say, God, they may say love, but yeah, I think that's, I think, and that's a real fear that we are abandoned and this abandonment ha is producing loss that can't be recovered. Well, and I would also think that with some loss, it's easy to get the feeling that you could have done something different or to prevent. And, and that feeling is a, almost a rejection in a way because it's, it's kind of you're the you're the reference point again. It's you're turning inward. That's my fault, you know. Uh, right. If something you know if something happened, mm -hmm. and 
I keep going back to the, the what you talk about with being others others focused. Um, that seems like that would cure a lot of it or prevent a mm-hmm. lot of that. Is that yeah? Yeah, I'll tell you. I'm gonna just tell you what my sister did in this example because I know lots of parents have had to deal with this. So she, she he was killed by a drunk mm-hmm. driver, and so what they did was they her my my brother in law who's a former police officer. Uh, retired, he and and my sister reached out to the driver and the driver's parents of the drunk driver. And they invited him over and they told them that, you know, they forgave him. And and the father of the kid that was driving kept saying, why are you doing, I would never do this if I was you. I would be so mad. Why are you doing this? And it took a situation that it could have been rejection and loss forever in the lives of people. And it brought the good out of it. Right. And so, um, and so, you know, they became good friends and uh, all all of that. So it, what they were trying to do is like, if we get self-absorbed and self-focused in this thing, it's a downward spiral, but if we can grieve and in our grief, look to the other, look to community, that's what rescues humanity. That's what makes us feel like we're not going to let this turn into rejection and loss and despair. And, and, um, but we're going to look to the other and we're going to turn this thing for the good. I love that. And mm-hmm. you've mentioned community quite a bit today and, and, yeah. um, and obviously in, in, a lot of our conversations, you meant you mentioned the importance of, you know, having community. Um, when you've been rejected relationally, I would I can imagine how your guard would be up by going to community. Uh, yeah. How do you, um, how do you have like the bravery, the courage, you know, to to continue to dive into to community when, you know people have let you down or uh, you've been, you've, you've felt rejected, you know, by, by yeah. others. It's like, it's kind of like, how do I, how do you, you know, what's that, how, do, how do you get to Carnegie Hall practice, practice, practice? It's, it's like, you want to be building good community in the good days. Right. <laughs> and it, right. And yeah. not wait for the bad days to wish you had a good community. You want to be building good community in the good days. And so a good community is a community that doesn't preach to one another. They simply are, they simply be with one another in the truth of who they are. They be and they help each other discover that who they are and all of that. And so that when the tragedy comes or the pain comes, and it's going to come for all of us. When you know that when you go into that community that you don't have to explain yourself, no one's going to counsel you. They're just going to sit around you and they're going to cry with you and they're going to just be with you. And that's a good community. And then at the right time to start trying to lift your head up, to start lifting your head back up, they'll do it gently. And, but only when you're ready for that. And so, yeah, you want to be developing that community right now. It kind of it's it, very it, hard to find it when you're discouraged. It feels like you know uh, this is in 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 most ways a, a a health and wellness podcast, and 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 I feel like building muscle uh, for your health is very similar to you know building community 
in its importance. Um, yes. They kind of go yeah. hand in hand. Uh, right. Can you? How do you? How do you get out of being discouraged? So you're you're coming out of this rejection state, this feeling of loss, this feeling of like mm-hmm. I'm not enough, I'm wrong, like lots, like there's nothing right with me. How do you get out of like that feeling of discouragement and back into others focus so you can start, you know, building that community around you? Yeah, I think so. You know, as we've talked about before, number one is to be, to tell the truth, like to tell the truth. So even if I'm alone, I can say, okay, what, what about this hurts? Like what really is, what hurts about this? Is it that, 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 you know, that I'm not going to be with that particular person anymore, if that's the kind of rejection we're facing, or is it that, what really hurts about this is I now believe something's wrong with me. Like, is that the truth? So you want to try and tell the truth as much as you can by yourself into the mirror, if you can do it, but you've got to be speaking it outward and you need the voice of the other, whoever that is, whether it's a person or God or the universe, you need the person voice of the other to speak the truth back to you about who in fact you are. Like you just need that. And so, you know, we did an actor's retreat. We've done quite a few out in LA and I always ask them, how do you deal with just no, 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 no. <laughs> like those are incredibly resilient people. And, and it's because they still believe they still believe deep down inside that they are an actor, no matter what this says or who that says. And when they, if they stop believing that, of course, they'll stop going and trying, you know? Um, so the, either you've got a community, you've got this inner drive, but that's the thing is to just tell the truth. Um, and that's all I do with people is just like, tell me the truth about what this makes you believe about yourself. What does it make you believe about the world? or people or, and just get it out here so you can get some distance between you and that idea. So it's not giving you identity. And then, and then have a way to hear others speak the truth back to you. Cause we lose, we get out of balance in the false, you know, mm. like even if just someone comes up and you know, people, if someone cuts you off in traffic and flips you off, like that can really throw your life out of balance for people. And then, and so, but they don't have anywhere to process it and it gets consumes them, you know, and it's like, you need a place to say, oh, this is how that made me feel. And, and then you have another person that's like, yeah, but maybe that person's just a jerk or they're, you know, whatever is there, it's their own issue. They don't even know you. So how are you attributing so much weight about who you are from that incident. It's like mm. so self-absorbed, the yeah. whole thing. It's like, get out of there, get out, get back out here. But that's what I do. But it's, it's, it has a lot to do with speaking truth, telling truth, and then, you know, confession, and then someone speaking truth back to you about what's, what's actually true. Is speaking the truth, is that what creates the space? Yes. Okay. Because because that's a it's, it's a common theme I'm hearing from you is uh, is creating this space from belief from certain beliefs uh, or yes. thing or things that have happened right right um, and 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 you keep mentioning truth tell right there and I'm and, and 
what I'm taking from that is the truth telling is kind of the space maker in a way. Cause if you create yeah, space, right. it, it seems like you can kind of go back into the intuitive and the practical, you know, right. because you have, you're not so, it's just, it's funny how easy it is to get self-absorbed. It's, it's so close yeah. to all this stuff. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. No, that's really right. I, I, you know, I had a, a younger guy was, that I'm friends with, and he's very interested in this young woman, and they, and it was like great, it was awesome. And then um, he was telling me, uh, he, he said, "Yeah, you know, she broke up with me," and I was like, "Oh, I'm so, I'm sorry." Like that's the right response. I'm sorry. Like I, as a human being, I'm sorry because I know you liked her and she liked you. And then he was telling me what happened, and. Um, you know, he said, I was talking to her and we, we got in a discussion of ever some political thing and she didn't like my view of it. And then, um, and it caused this kind of, and she decided that she didn't want to continue. Well, when I hear something like that, I'm like, I'm glad that ended. You know what I mean? It was like, wow, because, mm. um, but for him, that's, that's not the thing to say. Right. But in my mind, I think, I, and I'm much older than him, and I'm like, wow, like if that would separate you and her, that's like not a good situation anyway. So there's always this value in it. Like, you know, there's the universe has a way of like trying to keep things that don't belong together from being together. <laughs> it has a way of doing that. And from the, the it, it really, the universe is t tilted so that right relationships do come together. That's the way the whole thing is built. And so when something doesn't come together and you're trying to nail it together, it's, it's, it's probably gonna break down on you at some point, right? And so people just, we just need to pay attention to these very beautiful rhythms and stop saying, well, that means I'm a jerk or she's a jerk or we're a jerk. Like stop pulling that kind of identity. It's like, that didn't happen. It did, okay it didn't happen we're sad let's let's do it again like let's let's figure it out and what did we learn and like let's let's go you know go forward do you th i think i just believe in that so much in terms mm -hmm. of like relationally could it also be said that for that struggling actor for that struggling athlete that keeps getting said no to or that keeps losing is that the universe telling them change lanes um like how do you know <laughs> <laughs> i would yeah so yeah I, so my question to a person is okay like this is this is who i am and i'm moving towards this and i and this doesn't seem to be happening so then i would so my question to them is okay okay this is your identity and you see that identity worked out in this vocation. That's really all it is in this vocation. And that's not happening. What about your identity makes you lean towards this vocation, but it's actually deeper than that vocation. It's actually something here. Like let's keep going and explore it because you went here. That didn't work. So it's not like, forget all that. It's like, but what's the deeper drive that this actually isn't it. It's even deeper than that. I just, had a conversation before I came on with you with a person and that's what they came to while we were talking. Oh, it's not this job because that job didn't work out. 
it's it, what what's in that job that you're really looking for that actually isn't in that job and we just kept talking through. I was like oh oh and then it's over here and then the other thing along the lines is is the belief that there's only one way to do something like uh, i you know i want to be I want to be whatever I want to be this. And this is the way you have to go to be that. And like, I'm always like, that's, that could be true. There's maybe 10 other ways to get there Mm. that you haven't thought about and you couldn't get there that way. Okay. What's other ways. So I, I, you know, and I think of a lot of people who, that I've worked with who were telling me, you know, we want to be this and this vocation, we can't get it to work out. And I said, yeah, but that vocation, there's 10 openings for that vocation in Europe. Mm. Like you're only looking on one street. There's a lot of streets. <laughs> but then they say, well, I'm afraid to live in another country. Okay. Let's talk about that. first. <laughs> let's talk about that fear because that fear is closing off your options. Yeah. Right. And so it's interesting to watch a move and watch the whole thing just open up to. I, 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 what, what I just heard there was, was the ability to go into the intuitive Um it, you know, which I've mentioned a couple times today, because I hear you talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, some of it requires, you know, creating that space so that you can. Right. Um, well, Jamie, man, I, I know I know we're running out of time, but uh, I, I'm, I feel like I'm going to do this every time we talk. Uh, I'm going to end by asking you to come back on the show. And, yeah, and, and that way I have it on you know record that you're coming back on. <laughs> Well, it's good for me because everything we're talking about, like I have to, I have to apply to my own life and I have things I'm working on that we've run into dead ends or, or rejection, you know, or opposition. And, um, and it makes me like, yeah, we've got to back up. We've got to get a backup into the intuitive and the imaginative innovate and come back again. at mm. it. And, but then that's kind of the game and that's kind of the fun. And I think, figuring it out. and you, I think the first time you and I got together, you mentioned, you know, gamifying life to a degree. Yeah. It really, it, it just gets so much better when you're, when you're able to do that and learning, right. learning how to play that game. And, right. um, so anyways, I, to the listeners yeah. out there, uh, who've been with us, uh, this hour, we really appreciate you. I hope you, uh, rewind this, go back. Uh, I know I'm going to do this, uh, myself. And if you haven't yet, you got to check out living fearless. Um, Jamie's book is, uh, I'm rereading it and, um, and I think everyone, uh, needs to have that on their bookshelf. Um, so Jamie, man, I really appreciate you. Yeah. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me guys. This has been outside the box. I'm your host, Ben Rogers. And as always, we'll see you guys next time. Don't go away. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, Please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, We will see you guys next time.